got a t-shirt with bloodstains all over it, maybe laundry isn't your biggest problem right now. <laughs> I remember the day the candle shop burned down. Everybody just stood around and sang happy birthday. And a security guard came over and said, you're gonna have to move, you're blocking the fire exit. As though if there was a fire, I wasn't gonna run. <laughs> You make love to the right woman. Johnny is beautiful, beautiful. I mean, the last time I made love to my wife, it was ridiculous. <laughs> Nothing was happening. I looked her, I saw it's the matter. Can't you think of anyone either? <laughs> I never learn, you know? Like a waitress will bring my meal. Hey, enjoy your meal, you too! But you don't have one, do you? I'm a doofus! If you do eat, enjoy when you eat it. If you have a break or something later, if you get an opportunity, that's all I'm trying to say. That's all that I'm driving at, really. Hello, welcome to Comedy Think Tanked, a podcast with Leonard Kimball and Nick Gordon, two comedians who know how to take a drink and have a thought. Sit back, get comfortable, and enjoy. Now, whether they're ready or not, here's your hosts, Leonard and Nick. Hello, and welcome to Comedy Think Tanked Podcast. Uh, I'm Leonard, along with Nick Gordon. Nick, how you doing? Good, Leonard. How are you? I'm great, great, great. Excellent. I think we open the show the same way every time. Oh, we do? But, but that's pretty cool, right? Oh, yeah. Because we, did we drop the Comedy Think Tankers? <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry. We did that once, and that was enough. Welcome, what the tankers. <laughs> no, we can't do that. We determined that it was a oh. copyright infringement, right? No. Okay, Welcome, comedy think tankers. Think tankers. Think tankers. <laughs> yeah, so we're in Maine, so we gotta say tankers. Is that how you say tankers in Maine? Is that a Maine accent? Uh, that would be a Maine accent um, uh, to some degree, depending on how bad you want to make it. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I've got like a Chicago accent. Yeah, I guess. yeah, yeah. You, you drop that R and it becomes a, I, um, I guess we should say a New England accent, like a Northeast okay. accent and whatnot. But, you know, that's. Irrelevant. Uh, <laughs> That's irrelevant. <laughs> Let's we, stop talking about that. We, we want a more global uh, uh, viewership, audience, um, listener. Yes, don't base. don't even listen to us talking about accents. Just yeah, exactly. Just assume we're from any place you want us to be from. Right from from hometown USA. Yeah, exactly. Whatever that might be. Yes. So. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, today on the podcast, we had a a really good guest. Um, privilege really to sit and talk with her karen morgan yes yes and um that's that's the important part <laughs> of what we're doing here is yeah that, uh, we have that uh we had we had a good conversation with her so um you know what'd you think of that that was great it was it was cool to see that she you know, started off just taking a a workshop mm-hmm. um with tim farrell and yeah you know got a tape and submitted it to a contest and yeah um, you know, is is you know, you know, legit. I guess famous. I mean, she's a famous I, I, comedian. I think she's a famous comedian. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> she's been on actual comedy shows and right. TV, and and uh, you know, people know her. She's you know, you go to her website, and there's there's pictures of her with real famous people. <laughs> you know, yeah. we don't have that. <laughs> no. Oh, not yet. What do you think of competitions? Uh, so like, I, I guess, um. I think they have a, a um a, a use, I suppose. A value of some Yeah, sort. some sort of value. Uh they can be they can be tough mm-hmm. because you don't you don't necessarily know um how they're being judged or um or you know, um you know how many people get on or how they get on. Mm-hmm. Um but I, I I guess I see it as like it's cool to have a credit. It's yeah. cool, it's 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 a cool to have a credit to say, oh, I won this competition. I mean, it just it, it does does show some uh, amount of uh, ability that you might have, even yeah. even if it's like hey, you might have you might have brought 
50 people to the contest and it's a, it's a audience <laughs> applause but like at the same time like you got to think that like, you got to you got to you got to have set, had something you Clear, know redeeming yeah. in your act sure 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 <laughs> even if you got 50 people to show up to the contest and 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 laugh it's not yeah. like you handing out dollar bills to them well, well maybe maybe some people do but, <laughs> yeah uh, it is interesting when people do have i don't want to call them a planted audience but they have people obviously that are there to see them and they know them and that laugh at them yeah and sometimes i know the competitions that i've done I maybe have had a couple friends show up. I don't really know, to be honest with you, but I never explicitly asked anyone to come and uh-huh. vote for me or come and laugh for me and make it look good for me. I just, I was, I was always hopeful, but you know, by that same token, I, um, I've never won a competition. <laughs> yeah. So maybe, uh, maybe I am doing it wrong. I've gone to the semifinals a couple. Oh wait, I know, I know I won. Mark, Mark had a, Mark Turka had a competition at, Four River Brewing, I think it was called Funniest Four. Oh, that's so like right. so it was like four minutes, a four minute set. Yeah, yeah, and I that was I was like legit shocked that I won because <laughs> Chris Kimbeck was there, yeah, and he does a ton of one liners, and I'm just like, oh, he's got this. This is Chris's. Like I was <laughs> like, oh man, Chris, that was awesome. I so funny, <laughs> and then, like he was getting off stage, and I was like bowing. We're not worthy. We're not. Oh, this is awesome. And then when like Mark announced my name, I was like, what? Like okay. <laughs> The fix is in. Yeah, the fix is in. <laughs> um, but yeah, but I think so. The, one of the things that that Mark has said he does a, he doesn't he's not part of any judging of right. any, his contests, right. and that's a, a really great way to do it mm-hmm. um, because no one can complain that like you know you voted you let your friends through or you let your you know friends win or or whatever. It's like you just he hands it off to someone else and hey, oh, this is the people that said that got the right points or whatever that won. You know, what's funny is you, you think about that's a local, you know, just here in Maine, you yeah. know, funny as Forge, just local people, uh, you know, produce, run, direct, whatever you want to say. But then you go to like an American Idol sort of thing, a last comic standing sort of thing. And you as an audience member here at home watching on TV, think to yourself like, clearly that winner is not, that's not the right person. Like, so <laughs> right. I, is it every level of competition that you that you say to yourself like I like there's got to be a level a group of people that don't agree with the winner at any competition. Yeah, I I assume so. That you know. that's got to be the case all the time. Like so so as much as being the person who won or the person who got to the finals or whatever that I I still think it's valid to use that as a credit. And you know, especially sure. you know, yeah. local I got some local fame. Like uh, if someone shows up and says like, I, I won this contest in Seattle or whatever. Like, I don't know. Well, it could there? be complete bullshit. Right. I don't know who's there <laughs> or whatever, but I, but yeah. if, if it really didn't win, like that, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. But what, what I more see it as like, Hey, it's one more chance to get on stage. Yeah. And yeah. so I don't mind being in a contest if it means I get to do five minutes in front of a hundred people. Even if you get bounced. Right. Yeah. Even if I get bounced and like, yeah. I'm not, I'm not, and and most of the time, I'm not thinking I'm going to win anyway, because like no. my five, ten, fifteen minutes are the same. Yeah. No matter what round of a competition I'm in, <laughs> these are my jokes. Yeah. I, although I remember, I remember doing a contest with um, oh, uh, Josh Filipowski. Mm-hmm. So he did something for um, oh, I'm sorry, I'm blanking on the 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 charity, the nonprofit. He's it was like for like um, oh, he's down he's down in New York though, right? The Boston, Boston. Oh man, I'm sorry. It's like uh, it was a uh, March Madness sort of thing. It was like for a mental health uh, charity. I can't remember. I'm sorry, Josh. Um, but the way the competition works was like it was like bracketed, and like you, you I was I was there for like the first round. Well, actually, no, I was, I was doing a couple rounds. You know mm-hmm. what I'm talking about yep. now? Yeah. And yep. so like the first round, you did like four minutes, mm-hmm. or and then like um, if you made it through in the next round, you did three minutes or f- five minutes, something like that. And having a limited amount of jokes, <laughs> I had to, and it was the same day. Yeah. So I had to decide, am I going to do the same jokes again? And I'm like, I can't do that because it's the same 15 people in the room that are, yeah. you know, voting by applause. Like he had like a, he had like a decibel meter oh. saying how much people were laughing or clapping during your jokes. It was like, I know I can't do the same jokes again. So now I've got to decide, do I do... My, my my better jokes in the first round, or save something for the right. second round, because I know I need to get a get a laugh. Then right. I, it was difficult, so I had some I had some thinking I had to do. Yeah, and I remember um, I remember 
uh, the first couple of rounds of seeing people where, where the, the winner was obvious. Yeah. And then I went up against somebody. I got last, and the other person got last too. And I was like, "Damn it!" Not obvious. Not obvious. Yeah. And then, yeah. and then, and then, so he had us do a joke off. Oh Jesus! And I was like, "I only got four minutes, <laughs> <laughs> and I don't I've done everything. I've done, <laughs> I've done my best jokes." <laughs> so I so, and then I'm thinking like, okay, if I if I make it through this joke off, do I? I'm not going to have this joke to use in the second round. So like, right. I can't use that. So I tried to use some other joke and then I didn't make it through in the joke off. Yeah. And oh, now I'm thinking, I can't remember that guy's name, but he was a cool, I think his name was Richard. Ooh, Reyes or something. Oh man. He was a nice guy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. Facebook friends with him now, but, uh, but it was a cool guy. And I was talking to him later. I was like, man, I wish we hadn't been, we hadn't met each other in the first <laughs> round. <laughs> um, but that sort of thing is like, makes it fair in a competition. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but, but again, I still just went down there to, for a stage time. Yep. And you got two sets in essentially. Yeah. I got two sets in. in I, I made yeah. some, made some friends. Yep. Got a little bit of exposure. Like I was just like, Oh yeah. Hey, and let me know when I can do more shows or yep. now that guy knows my face and Josh ended up being on one of our zoom shows. And, mm -hmm. and I, um, I, you know, I, so I know like it's just making connections with people as 100%. well. Yeah. yeah. That's, I think that's what the whole the whole scene is about anyway. And, you know, sometimes competitions crop up and you, you, you get into them and you regret it. And other times you get into them and you're like, that was fun. But, you know, overall, it's just about uh, getting the stage time and working on your stuff. And, and clearly in that instance, if you had had 15 solid minutes, maybe you could have, you know, managed your way into the third or fourth round. Yeah. Maybe and, I could have gone, yeah. gone further. Right. Yeah. But so that's uh, something like, it's not, it's not for the faint of heart. It's not for the new newcomer necessarily. <laughs> no, I mean, and Karen said she got into uh, America's Got Talent, mm -hmm. and it was it was it was horrible yeah. for her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so no, it was very surprising. To, yeah, to hear that from her, but uh, right. obviously, so overall, competitions are good if you want to do it, but if you don't, you know, probably you're not missing, right. missing and, out. Right. No one's gonna be like, hey, yeah. what competitions did you win? Oh, you didn't win a competition. Oh, you haven't won a competition. Oh, then you obviously can't be, you can't be on our obviously show. Obviously, you're not funny. So yeah, sorry. Yeah, I'd like to help you out. <laughs> <laughs> Feature spot, really? Hmm. Yeah, it's gonna be tough. Yeah, <laughs> we're pretty booked up. <laughs> <laughs> I think in my my bio on our website it says that Leonard's been. In the semifinals of a bunch of contests, <laughs> and one person announced me that way and read those things off, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm really good at losing competitions." <laughs> I I've I've made it to a semifinal, but otherwise, it's it feels like first or second round, you know. But there's so much pressure, so much pressure you put on yourself, and yeah, you know. Again, it's stage time, so it it's all stage time, and stage time is is good times for yep, us. That's money for us. So right. All right. Well. Um, ladies and gentlemen, Karen Morgan. Hello and welcome to the Comedy Think Tank podcast with us, me, Nick Gordon, and Leonard Kimball. Today we have a comedian who has performed all over the country with names big and small, a comedian who has actually passed the bar in at least two states that I know of, uh, a comedian who... Everyone loves. She's been called Maine's funniest mom, but originally from Georgia. Welcome, Karen Morgan. Thank you very much. I'm I'm hoping there's not a third state I pass the bar and I'm not aware of. I mean, once you pass two, are they just like yeah, is, they, is, they just, just all roll. they blur together after that. It's <laughs> once you've seen one courthouse, you've seen them all, right? Exactly. How many more multi-state exams can you take? It's not a I, big deal. I don't know. Is it hard to pass the bar? Uh, which one? Well, any oh. of them. I, I mean, <laughs> I, well, I've never I, tried. I know, main, so. I know main lawyer. So let's start with the main bars. The main bar hard pass. And I think they were probably equal. I took the Georgia bar first. Um, and then I moved to Maine and had to take the main bar. And that's what I told my husband. That is when I knew it was true love because I was taking a second bar exam for <laughs> to live with him. So I think they right. were probably equal in terms of how hard they were. I don't know. I flushed it all out of my brain after I passed. So it doesn't really matter. <laughs> were there like, were there like different words used for the same thing? Like, <laughs> like that. Yeah. Pothole, you know, roof break. <laughs> the words roof rake and the words, you know, what frost heave. Those were, you know, those were not on the Georgia bar exam. <laughs> uh, that's pretty funny. 
So originally from Georgia, uh, uh, I guess all our listeners really do want to know, uh, why is the Waffle House so good? It's the best. There's well, I'll start with the fact that you don't have to read to go eat there. <laughs> <laughs> Just point. You point in an intoxicated manner at the picture of the food you would like them to bring to your table. They sing a song. When you, everyone greets you when you walk in. All the Waffle House staff is welcome. Well, you know, and then there's a uh-huh. there's a jukebox that plays the Waffle House song, and it's just it's. It's almost really hard to explain to people. You have to have experienced it. And if you don't, you need to go now. And I have, my fantasy is to do a, a Waffle House tour um, where oh. we go and you you have to eat every meal at Waffle House for 30 days. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wh- who was the guy that did that with them? Um, Supersize me. Like, Supersize me. Oh, uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> Although I don't Morgan think I don't think I'm going to be upset yeah. by it. Like I know I watched Super Says Me and he's like getting sick, and I'm like, yeah. no, I would be fine. <laughs> you you have to make sure you see your old Southern doctor. They, exactly, they'd be like, you're no, you're fine, fine. you're all right. Yeah. These numbers these numbers read well. Yeah. <laughs> Super Size Me was a great movie. It it actually it really did get me to stop eating McDonald's for like four days. Yeah, four days. <laughs> yeah. I do remember that the first book that I read after I had babies and could actually sit down and read a book. So it wasn't like right away, but was Fast Food Nation. Yeah. And okay. um, if you've never, if you have never read it and you want to continue to eat at McDonald's, don't oh, read the book. Yeah. But it was it was an eye opening kind of a kind of a thing. Yeah, I remember reading that book after watching them, or somewhere in the same time frame. I watched yeah. that documentary and read that book, and I was like, "Ooh, I am Ooh. not well." That's <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. all right. They they make statin medications. That's all you need. As long as your medicine ends in statin, you're okay. Oh, <laughs> I think I think Leonard and I both are fine now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I have several over. every morning. I'm all good. <laughs> that was my Cheerios, and we're golden. <laughs> Uh, you you might not know this, but um, well, you you might not remember this. Uh, you and I talked about twenty years ago down at the Comedy Connection. Oh, uh, a long time, many well, many years. Ago. Yeah, many yeah. many many years ago. I yeah. I was I was writing a paper, and uh, it was I had to go interview someone, and I said, oh. you know what? I'm going down to the Comedy Connection, and I'm interviewing a comedian because that's kind of the only thing I was interested in doing. Oh, and, cool! Uh, you sat with me and and we talked. Oh, I'm uh, sorry, Nick. I don't remember that. No. I've in the, all these years because I I know you from when we met after you were doing comedy, but I don't right. remember the interview part. Oh, well, I'm cool. That's yeah. Awesome. No, it was yeah. very cool. I wanted to bring it up before I forgot because yeah. I I wanted to say thank you for doing that because you talked about uh, Tim Farrell and yes. uh, getting into comedy and how all that works and uh, eventually I did do it as you as you can tell. <laughs> I <had to> do <laughs> it. Eventually, I did. I jumped in. So. Yeah, yeah. So no, it's it's that. an interesting process to getting into this business, and it's continues to be interesting. Yeah, so. yeah. I, I I've tried to remember. I tried to find you know that paper that I wrote, but I can't. I think I got a really good grade on it too. <laughs> <laughs> of course, you did. Of course, of course. But I mean, that was that was then. Um, I'm not sure. Um, you know how how long you'd been into it then, but you know, tell us about your process of getting into comedy and. You know, it's interesting. I got into it, I have to say, accidentally. Mm-hmm. Um, I was home with my three kids under the age of three and needed to get out of my house, literally needed a break to get out of my house. And so um, Tim was having his class and I was just looking for something to go do. And I, I can't remember one of my friends suggested it. And I've always been a fan of comedy. You know, I, you know, watched the first seasons of Saturday Night Live and my dad took me to see Steve Martin, Let's Get Small. You know, so I've always been a big fan, never really had an inclination to do it myself, just was a fan. And so truly the going to take Tim's class was getting out of my house. (laughs) (laughs) um, And the joke is that I'm sure my husband would have preferred if I'd have gotten a cooking class instead of a comedy class. (laughs) But, but I, you know, I took Tim's class and, you know, we had a great group, you know, John Ader was in my class Uh and Tuck, I think Tuck's, I think that was Tuck's second class. So there was a lot of us that were in there. that were still really good friends that were still around Maine, you know, doing it. Um, And then my, my jump to doing it full time came right after that. Um, Tim said, hey, uh, Nick at Night is having this search for the funniest mom in America. You should really send them your tape. And so 
we had our graduation show and, you know, I had my graduation show tape and it was all about being a mom and you know, everything was about diapers and bottles and ha ha. And so I sent it in and that, and so I went to Nick at night from that. So it was kind of a right away thing that happened wow. Wow. and, um, never thought I would do it full time. But once I started, I'm like, yeah, this is no more bar exams for me. I'm going to do this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's a pretty quick jump from, uh, I think after my graduation class from Tim's, um, workshop it was uh i i think i waited a full year before i hit another open mic <laughs> <So>. <laughs> that's a that's a hell of a quick jump yeah well it was timing it was you know yeah. nick at night and me being like if obviously if i was starting now my my material is not about little kids so it just happened to be the right time so it Very worked lucky. out yeah. yeah what was that like uh what was that feeling when you sent that tape in did, did you ever feel more vulnerable in your life <laughs> You know, no, it's because if you have three babies and everybody in, you know, it's at that point, there's nothing, there's something about being a parent and probably maybe more so about being a mother that there's nothing that can embarrass you ever again. You know, a room full of people I don't know has seen my bottom and I don't, you know, so how bad is comedy (laughs) after that? (laughs) (laughs) That's a very good point. Yeah, Yeah, that's good. That's good. I get it. As far as performing in that uh, in that competition, um, how did, how did it work? Obviously, you know you weren't on Zoom at that point, so you no, had to no, we and... had a, we. I flew to New York three different times before the finals. Um, so it, they it, they started out. You sent a videotape in, and I think they got. We were told later that they had over a thousand submissions of videotapes. Wow! And so they narrowed it to twenty one people. And we were all called. We went to New York and we had to audition. I think we were at the Laugh Factory when the when there was still a Laugh Factory in New York. That's where the those tapings were. And then they went from 21 people to back down to 14 people. That was a separate trip. And then the final trip, there were seven of us, seven oh. finalists. So oh. and on that trip was when we went for, I think we were there for like 10 days and we this was the first season. So it was before it became this weird reality show. Like they had, they later seasons were like, they wanted the moms to hate each other and get in fights. Oh, <laughs> so this, was the, <laughs> this was the first year when it was really fun. And we went around to different comedy clubs in New York. So we had a different comedy club every night that we would perform in. Um, it wasn't, and those, those shows weren't videotapes. They, they, you know, it was, it was a little bit right before reality TV where a camera crew would follow you all the time. So we went down and then the finals were taped. Um, we went to the Friars club one day. We, we, it was really interesting. So we got to know each other and that's when I met, um, got to know Nancy Witter and Sherry Davey, who I toured with for five years after that. So, um, but the final thing for Nick at night was actually taped at a theater in New York. So, and there were seven of us that taped that night. So it was, it was a longer process than would happen probably now. It would all, all I'm sure all be a zoom audition and you oh, know, yeah. a, a different yeah. sort of way to go. And were you sending in literal video tapes, like VH, VHS tapes? VHS <laughs> tapes. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so For some, younger poor, <laughs> some poor soul. <laughs> had to watch all the vhs tapes yeah Uh, yeah. that's funny yeah be kind rewind yeah so this was 2004 was when this was okay wow yeah i'm trying to think now what year maybe it wasn't 20 years ago that i talked to and it doesn't matter it doesn't matter Uh, (laughs) it seems but uh from the time you 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 jumped into tim's workshop to the time you were a finalist in new york city you know for 10 days uh yeah, you know what was that like a year, two years, or oh, less than that. It was wow. yeah, it was it was much less than that. I, it was you know, I was super new to the whole comedy yeah. world, literally super new to it. I think the only person that was newer than me, and she probably wasn't much newer than me, was Christine Hurley. She was there, mm-hmm. and um, I'm still buddies with her. It's the, the seven mm-hmm. group of people we bonded because we were kind of stuck together, yeah. you know, going around New York and stuff. But no, it was a very quick, quick education into the business and how things worked. And, and then the, my theater tour came about after I got back. Um, I think for some reason, I want to say that the thing aired like in February of 2005. And um, at the time 
blue collar comedy tour was really big. And so when we came home from that, my, my original idea was I want to make a DVD like the blue collar comedy tour, but it's for moms. So that was my original idea was to create a show that we could tape and sell a DVD. This was back when you would sell a physical DVD to people. (laughs) Right. Right. You could get it on VHS or DVD. (laughs) Um, and so I met Sherry and Nancy at the thing and I thought, well, th- how about, so I asked them if they would join. Christine Hurley didn't not want to join. She felt like she was too new. So Chris, uh, so Nancy and Sherry joined and we created Mama's Night Out and we toured the country for five years with that show. Nice. Wow. To, to uh, sell out stadiums or was it just no, comedy it was, clubs? No, it was theaters, not not okay. not comedy clubs, theaters, performing arts centers, um, which is sort of the the market that I have stayed in that I yep. kind of prefer. Um, and it's we went all around. We went to Canada. We went to California. We were all over the place, and it was a, it was a very good experience in terms of okay, this is what life is like on the road. Yep. Less of a road comic existence, you know. You've got. Yeah. Three three women in their forties who are mothers are not going to be staying at a comedy condo. This time. <laughs> yeah. we, so we ended up we ended up sort of accident because my original idea was just to make the DVD and sell it and be done. Yeah. And then a per, we eventually ended up with a, with a booking agent that said, "Hey, you know, have you ever thought about this performing arts center market?" And we're like, "No, what is that?" And so <laughs> I, I quickly got an education in how to produce. Uh, you know, a, a show for a theater market. Okay, very interesting. And and how soon were you? I don't, I don't want to say forced, but did you did you quit your day job or you know? No, you... the good news was I'd already quit my day job. Oh, okay, <laughs> but my day job. Oh, really? Being a, being a mom. Yeah. Uh, so I I actually stopped practicing law after my daughter was born. So mm. I practiced after my son was born, and then I. I after she was born, I decided I think I need to stay home because one of these jobs is going to get be messed up, and I'd rather for um, my kids not to be the job that got messed up. So, yeah, um, yeah. I was already a full time mom. Now it it was hard though because traveling and my husband also works. So, you know, he, three little kids, and I'm like, bye, I'm going on a comedy tour, and it, you know, <laughs> we have groupies. See ya. <laughs> And uh, so I, I, we, we went a long time and there was one, there was one particular trip and I think I was gone for a week, which when you have little kids, you, it's hard, time. Right. it's, it's hard be. for a single parent to have for, so I, I walked in and my husband was holding up his hand. I'm like, what is that? He goes, this is now the number of days you can be gone <laughs> without, <laughs> hiring, without us hiring someone because he was uh. working full time and it, it was hard. It was hard. So but I did it for five years. And then after five years of that was over, my kids were older and then they were in sort of like sports and, you know, afternoon stuff. And it became that show sort of organically ended. It was like, ah, oh, I think we've done this. And we were all kind of ready to do our own solo project. So yeah. um, we ended that and I stayed home. And that's that's when I started staying a little closer to home with the kids. But you got the DVD produced, right? Got the DVD produced. <laughs> <laughs> would, would you like a copy? I still have some in my boxes. Can, and can, boxes. can we get it on VHS? <laughs> yeah, you could probably get it on that. And we were so fancy. We had a DVD. We thought that was the coolest thing ever. It's not even on VHS. We went straight to Blu-ray. It's- <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> was was there a point during the tour that that you know people would ask for autographs and, and different you know well, famous they, people things like that, that yeah they did that that was the craziest that was like the i think the bigger education but because all three of us had been finalists on nick at night the show itself had you know had a had some buzz now no one knows my name or sherry's or nancy you know no we're not name named people but the show had buzz. And so we would sell DVDs in the lobby and people wanted us to sign them. And we're like, really? Are you sure? Me? <laughs> really? What? Are you sure? Okay. So, um, but yeah, it was, it, it was interesting, but that's sort of part of that market that that's what you yeah. do. If, you yeah. know, if you buy a ticket to a theater show, the sort of meet and greets are part of it. And, you know, but we were all sort of like, really, they want us to really <laughs> such a strange thing to have we're gonna now, feed us food <laughs> yeah if you had been if you had started doing comedy when you were you know a, a teenager and worked your way up and you were expecting to do that then it probably would be old hat and it wouldn't yeah it, it would be a different it, thing but, but yeah as an adult you think oh this is a 
it'd be like if you know one of us in our small group of main comedians all of a sudden hit it big like, that's not right <laughs> well, but the same thing is it's like i i find having because i didn't start doing comedy until i was 40 that was mm-hmm. when i started oh. and um had i started or i don't know i just i'm so unimpressed <laughs> <laughs> I'm just unimpressed. I'm like, and I'm, I think that's more from being a mom. Yeah. I'm like, really? That's okay. That's what we'll do. Sure. You know, it's, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why, if it's unimpressed because I'm a mom or unimpressed because I started older. Yeah. I, I, I don't, I'm, I'm very unimpressed with myself. <laughs> you could probably even say that about most things in life though as you get older and once you have kids you're like none of, you're not gonna shock me you know go yeah, ahead and try but it what you're doing there is not important you, none of this matters yeah really, <laughs> true so so that's uh, uh that's a great story um were you on tv otherwise was there other events other shows other things i want to i, I want to say america's got talent it was, was there I, a- that oh god that was a horrible show i can tell you that so i did <laughs> i did nick at night the, i did the first season and i didn't win so if you didn't win you were invited to come back again if you wanted to uh-huh. so i i thought i wanted to and then i got there and then i realized that this is when they wanted people to have fights and stuff and um, I ended up going home because I was I was like, you know what is what they wanted me to do. There was it was they the producers were trying to force people into conversations that were fights. And oh. I was from the South and there was an African-American woman from wherever. And there was clearly they were trying to create some racial tension with this la- this very nice lady. And, and I was like, what, what is it you want me to, they wanted me to say <laughs> something to her. And I'm like, no, I'm not <laughs> saying that. No, no. Whatever it was, it became something that, you know, I'm like, man. So I didn't stay for that. And then, then they, I did, I think two or three Nick mom night outs where mm. they, if you had been in it, and they they ask other comics to do it as well. I have friends that did it, but there was a couple of Nick Mom night outs. I think I did two of those. Um, but no, America, America's Got Talent was a horrifying experience, <laughs> and I love to Great. talk about it. Tell us all about it. It was horrifying. <laughs> it, it, We're not going to get in trouble over this, are we? <laughs> no, God. If we do, I would be absolutely amazed. You know. It, <laughs> Um, Howard so, Stern's knocking on our door. No, if they if he does, <laughs> I'm happy to I'm happy to share. It's not even a big deal. So this was I don't remember what season or round it was. Um, I know my kids were still fairly young because they went to New York with me, and my Nancy lives in New York. So Nancy said, "Oh, I'll go with you. Um, I'll I'll sit with your kids in the audience, and you know, and we'll just do that." So um, we stayed in New York. We went. By the way, I didn't do. Um, an audition round. Like I sent a tape in and went straight to the live recording thing. Oh, wow. Um, and that probably was probably the bad idea. Because, oh. um, so anyway, so we're, we're backstage, we were backstage for hours and hours and hours. And there's all sorts of, there's people that are circus acts and there's a family of fiddler kids. And, you know, it's just, <laughs> <laughs> and it's just, it, and I'm just sitting there. The aristocrats. <laughs> it was just nuts. And I'm watching the whole thing going, why did I, why, I don't think I should have done this. And so, and, and knowing now what I know now, I would not, I should not have done it, but I was still too, still sort of too new in something, in some respects to even know, know better. But I finally, after all these hours of all these sitting backstage, it's my turn. And, and here's the problem with my act specifically for America's Got Talent. Now, my friend Tom Cotter, who is wonderfully talented, came in second in the yeah. whole thing a few years ago, is perfect for America's Got Talent. He, he's got set up punch, set up punch, set up punch, very quick, quick stuff. Right. My stuff, yeah. because I'm Southern, y'all have heard it, it's long rambling storytelling. So <laughs> you, you, you can't really do what, I, what my stuff is in like three minutes total for your right. whole set. Yeah. Um, so anyway... And this you really is, get three minutes? You Just got three. three minutes. Wow, okay. Yeah, I mean, that's that's all okay. you got. So, and I didn't know this part, but you come out, and normally you come out, and, you know, you'll give, I'll usually give my first introductory bit, you know, it's a little, you know, but it's something to break the ice. America's Got Talent, you came out, and they talked to you 
before you even started doing your set. Uh. And they wanted to know, are you really a lawyer? They wanted to know why, why, if you're not, why, why did you stop practicing law to do this? Like they, so there's sort of this interrogation process. Now, none of this makes it to tape, at least, at least back then it didn't. Yeah. Um, So, and I, and Pierce Morgan was on there. It was Pierce Morgan, Howie Mandel and um, Sharon Osbourne Mm -hmm. were the three. And, and um, so anyway, so we, we, Pierce Morgan, and I forget what he asked me, but it was very confrontational. Yeah. So I was really, I was totally thrown off before I even started. You know? So it's like getting heckled before you get into oh, your material. Yeah. So, now you got to meet I, famous people. Wow. Yeah, it, it, was, it was, it was, it was really weird. So, and I didn't know this. I found this out later because my friend Nancy was in the audience. So she said, she said, Karen, before any of these things started, the producers cheer on the people that if they, if they don't like something, they tell the people to boo and they want, they want you to boo really loudly if you don't like something. So again, uh-huh. we don't know any of this. We're all backstage. Yeah. So anyway, at some point I started my set, which was, you know, I have two kids. My husband's from Boston. I'm from Georgia. My kids are bilingual, <laughs> you know, so <laughs> it, it, just, it just did not work. I mean, it, Absolutely did not work. So, so the audience has been pumped to boo. They booed. Jesus. And then um, they booed bilingual. They booed bilingual. I didn't get two <laughs> words out. I didn't. I got. I got zero words out. I got oh zero God. words out. And then, um, and then there's whoever gave the first X. I got two X's. I didn't mm-hmm. get three. I got two. Which to oh. me, that was a win for that. There you go. All right. <laughs> Probably Howie Mandel didn't. Uh, how Howie didn't like my my stuff at all. We didn't. Oh. Um, Sharon Osbourne was I don't like nice. His stuff. <laughs> Sharon, Sharon Osbourne was nice, but she said maybe you might want to go write a book. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So, anyway, it was a so the fun the, the funniest thing. So when they edit it is that when they edit it and they put the show together. They show none of this pre-conversation thing. They show none of the stuff. And as a matter of fact, they edited the comments out of order. So it, it looked even worse than it actually was, quite yeah. honestly. Oh, but, man. I went, but when the X is sound, it's so loud. And it scared me. And it scared me. And I went like, you know, like that. And I'm so sure guess what? That. Guess what? The little tiny clip of, of me on America's Got Talent. Mm-hmm. I'm doing like that. <laughs> like freaking out i was like it's scary like the floor vibrated it was horrifying so anyway terrible show that was my all right so we got it so so nick if we're ever invited let's just turn them down yeah no we're above this this. (laughs) you hurt one of our friends (laughs) (laughs) well those people aren't on there anymore i guess harry mandel may be still there but the other two are gone so anyway it was it was an experience it was a growth Yes. Yes. Something. It's all growth. It's all growth. <laughs> Just like performing at House of Bacon in Auburn back in the. It's day. all good. Hey. House uh, of Bacon. So what's what's louder, um, uh, the X on America's Got Talent or a Georgia Alabama football game? Oh, football game by okay. far. Yeah, <laughs> it's a fun. It's a, that's a fun loud. No, you'll take that loud. <laughs> that's a fun loud. Yeah, big football fan, huh? Yes. I mean, I grew up in Athens. I grew up going to the games, um, you know, and when I moved to Maine, it, the funniest thing was my, now my husband um, went to Bates uh-huh. and I was writing a comedy piece about Southern football versus football in New England. And so <laughs> I wanted to get my facts straight. So I called Bates and I said, I was just curious how many, how many people come to the games there? And the last thing I goes, Oh, a lot. Sometimes we have almost a thousand people. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. I was like, oh, I'll be sure to get my ticket early for that. <laughs> Actually, when you go by the Bates Stadium, you can stand on the side of the road and look in and watch the game. You don't even need a ticket. <laughs> Pretty sure you can walk up and buy a ticket if you really want to. Yeah. So. Yeah, so I know I, I grew up on SEC football and when my husband and I were dating, you know, I took him to the Georgia Florida game. That was his first SEC football game. I thought that was a pretty good one, but yeah. no, I miss it. I miss, I miss Georgia football, but 
you know, it's living in Maine is a, is a, is a blessing. So there's certain things you trade off. I just, I try to go to one game a year if I can just yeah. at least one. So that's fun. I've, I've, I have to admit, I've only ever been to uh, one professional football game and never a big college game. And yeah, that's one of the regrets of my life is not seeing being part of that atmosphere. Never too late. It's never too late. late, of course, but you know, yeah. it's, Never you get older, you just, just don't go to just don't pick Alabama because yeah. everybody picks Alabama, even if they didn't go to school. If you went to school in Alabama, that's fine, that can yeah. be your team. But everybody picking Alabama, like picking the <laughs> Patriots, you didn't go to school there, that doesn't get to be your school. I have friends that are they're Notre Dame fans. I'm like, Did you go to school there? No, I'm like, Then you don't get that's not your team just I've because you're, you're, yeah, you're from, I don't know. Why do people do that? I don't, I don't quite, because there aren't the ones that's on TV or something. It's I'm not, sure. I'm not sure, but no. anyway. You got a cool logo, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Could be. Could be. Yeah. You, you yourself are, are somewhat of an athlete. Um, you, you, you've participated in some triathlons. I, I, my, my son asked me this morning, are you going to do any triathlons this summer? And I was like, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't have my watch in a year. And it's like, <laughs> That's that's a completely different answer yeah. that that what Nick and I would give our our son if our son asked us, "Are you going to do any triathletes? The triathlons this year?" Oh, no, no, son, oh. we're not. Oh, that'll be enough. That'll be enough. <laughs> I'm pretty sure no. No, sure I don't even know how to spell it. Pretty sure no. <laughs> no, nah, it's good. No, I'm I'm swimming and and I'll bike. I haven't biked yet because it's not. I don't bike if I have to put on like long pants, mm -hmm. <laughs> if, you know, when it's warm enough that I can bike in shorts, then I'll bike, but not yeah. yet. It's coming. Okay. It'll be here soon. But, um, nice. I don't know if I'll do any tries this summer. I'm definitely going to do, I have two open water swims that I'm signed up for. Um, and I, ha I have, st I've stuck with swimming and have thankfully been able to swim at the pool. Um, I swim at the high school pool nearby nice. here. So I, I do that uh, with a master's group and, so I find that if I exercise and I don't want to call it exercise, I just got to do something to get your um, body moving. Yeah. Yeah. I just got to right. do something. I'm not right. big on the workouts at the gym, but I'm, I'm happy to go for a bike ride with you, you know? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We should get a, a comedian triathlete team Ooh. going. Yeah. It's sometimes in the summer you see, you see a bunch of people riding by on, on their, on their bikes, like, yeah. you know, around the boulevard in Portland, what have you, like yeah. as a whole group, we should get a bunch of comedians just riding bikes. around. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, yeah, that's going to go well. That's like, <laughs> that complete havoc. There's a reason I ride alone. Like I won't, even, <laughs> I won't even ride with my husband. He rides every day. And I'm like, he's like, come go with me. I'm like, no, nah, I want to be on the bike by myself. I don't want anybody to talk to me. This is why I like swimming. No one can talk to me. My head is right. underwater. Uh, I cannot hear you. So yeah, comedians like to talk. It would, it would be, it'll get annoying after a while. Oh, I, yeah, I'll, I'll admit yeah. it. Can, you, can everybody just stop talking? Can we, yeah. can we just stop talking for five minutes, guys? <laughs> No. I'm not sure we could all fit in that skin tight uh, outfit as well. <laughs> little, that's the first thing you got to figure out what kind of kit we're going to buy. What kind of outfits are we going to wear? We're gonna it's match. called a kit. It's, it's, called, it's a kit. called a Oh, kit. Okay. A kit. See, y'all are in the know now. Yeah, this is very informative. Thank you. <laughs> we just, we got to lose another hundred pounds and then we get to get ourselves a kit. <laughs> yep. Yep. We'll find a sponsor. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's a lot Weight of watchers. <laughs> well, you know, the three of us could do a trial, like, cause I'll, I'll do the swimming and then you oh, guys yeah. can fight over who runs and who bikes. That's a good idea. Yeah. Can, can you just do all three things and we just sort of hang out and be part of the team, get a we'll t-shirt. We get a we'll, cool t-shirt. Yeah. We'll drive behind you. My team. We'll cheer you on. <laughs> we have a team of three, but I'm going to do all three. It's all good. We'll have the, we'll have the windows up because we want to keep the AC on in the car. But <laughs> Oh, man. I think our summer is now planned. I love it's it. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> So let's get let's get back to comedy then. Uh, what uh, who are and and what are your comedy influences that um, y you've you've come up with? You know, that's a, it's always a good question because it, it, when I was younger, um, like I said, I started out as a comedy fan very early. You know, watching Johnny Carson with my dad, and mm -hmm. um, which which was a cool experience when I got invited to the to the Great American Comedy Festival because we got to go to his. Johnny Carson's birthplace and see where he grew up. And, you know, it was a really cool festival to work. Um, and then later in life, you know, people always say, well, what female comics are your influence? And mostly 
my female comic influence is probably Kathleen Madigan is one mm-hmm. of the top ones. She's very, very, very smart. Uh, I really enjoy her politics. I don't do political humor at all, but I think Kathleen is super smart and has yeah, a really good. nice point of view about it. Right. Um, I I love clean comics who work smart. I you know Brian Regan is one of the, is brilliant, also super super nice human being in person when you hang out with them. So. Yeah. It's when I meet people that are not nice in person that I'm like, oh, I don't like you anymore. But um, <laughs> not to name names, but are there other a lot of people like that? That it's interesting. There, there are some that I could name, and I'm not going to name them. Right? No, no. But, um, but for the most part, the the comics that are at the top layer don't have anything to prove they're not insecure around other comics so when i was producing the nantucket comedy festival and i was dealing with a sort of those those guys always nice always endearing always very gracious it's when it's it's the people that were not quite they were kind of in the middle (laughs) Uh, okay they're either on their way up or more probably maybe on the way down that were a little more uh, demanding in terms of you know Mm insecurity and things like that but do you, th- do you think it's from like the 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 competitive nature they might feel yeah. it when they're on that level they're trying to trying to get up there or trying to stay up there i think so okay. i i think so and and i think depending it depends on the human being i mean as we all know comedy is filled with a lot of nice people it's also filled with a lot of broken people yeah. um you know it's because there's there's a reason that we need to do what we do and it there it i call it a need because if it's too hard <laughs> to do comedy <laughs> unless you need to do it right you know it's not oh just, yeah you know yeah, that's true it's 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 got to be a calling it's got to be something that comes from within so there there are people that are um that are broken and nice to you <laughs> uh-huh. and, yeah. and then there are people that are broken and nasty to you so for the most part you know one of one of my heroes of all times um, is Stephen Wright, and yeah. um, I met Stephen for the first time out of Nantucket a couple of years ago. And he, Stephen has um, OCD; he doesn't like to he, touch people, you know, have people touch him. You know, he's he's very private. And so my friend Don Gavin said, "Okay, Karen, now because Don and and Stephen are friends." And he said, Karen, I know you're a hugger. I know. (laughs) He goes, I I know you. He goes, I know you're going to want to hug Stephen Wright because I know that you really like him. He goes, don't touch him. Don't hug him. Don't, you know, if you, if if you, you know, you can do like an elbow bump or like a pinky bump. This was before (laughs) COVID, you know, this is. Wow, yeah. um, (laughs) And so that was great. So I said, thank you. Because I didn't want to make him uncomfortable. So he got there and we, I think we did a an elbow bump or whatever. And then, um, I think that I, I did the first show of that Thursday night show. I did a set that night. And after the, after it was over, we all went to dinner at these people's house and I was tired. I had been working all day and producing and my daughter was with me. And so there was a lot of people sitting at the table being comics and being loud and being yeah. on, you know, the whole thing. And I'm, and when I'm done, I don't want to, I'm not on, I want to. So I told my daughter, I'm like, Hey, let's go back here in the kitchen and let's just, I, I want to eat my dinner in peace. I don't want to talk to anybody. I'm so I went and sat down in the kitchen, like with the people that were serving the food <laughs> and my daughter got a plate. She, so she and I are back there just quietly eating our dinner and Stephen came in. And he came in and sat down with us and and he sat down and ate with us because he didn't, he doesn't like all the chaos. Um, And then he proceeded to repeat my set back to me. Wow. Like almost word for word, you guys. Like it was the most amazing thing. Like, and I had a, I had two new bits that I had not done before. And he was like, this part where you did and you held your arm up and he is he's a comic genius to begin with, but he also is clearly so brilliant that he just, he, but he repeated it back to me and I was just like, okay, I'm done now. I can retire. (laughs) You know, it's, it's all good. We're we're at my, 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 my career is, has been set right now. And so, and then he started talking to my daughter who was still in high school at the time about her plans and what she was going to do for school. Yeah. And then we had a couple more days of the, of the festival and and he, I think he performed on Friday night. Yeah, he did Friday night with I think Ron White and he are on the same show that night. 
And then Saturday night is the Boston versus New York guys. And then we were at a the closing party Saturday night after that show. And he he was leaving early the next day. And um, so we're standing in this little circle. And Stephen Wright came over and gave me a giant hug. Oh, and I saw, I saw Don Gavin look at me like, like he, he was, he's like, let him go. I've never seen him hug anyone. Like he, he was just like, and you know, so now, so now even more so, he was already a hero of mine before I met him, but now he's just elevated to God status at this point in, yeah. in my book. And, you know, so when you, when you meet those people and then they exceed your expectations of what a great human being that they are, yeah. I mean, just him asking my, talking to my daughter and really, showing interest in what she was doing. It was just so, it was just really, really great. So oh, that's, that's incredible. I, I just used to let those stories and memories outweigh the other ones, you know, absolutely. Just no, do. That's such a great story. And for him to repeat back your entire oh, set, oh I, my I God, can barely does. remember my own. No, it was amazing. <laughs> it was amazing. So it was, it, anyway, that's so cool. like I said, I can retire now. I'm good. I'm just going to stay right yeah. here in my office. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, we, uh, I think everyone wants to know, um, what each comedian's writing processes are and, and, and what have you, what do you, what do you think, or how do you, how do you come up with your jokes? You know, clearly my, my stuff is observational in, in my house. Generally it's whatever the kids are doing and my husband's doing and interactions with other people is, so it's observational. Mm-hmm. I wish that I was more, um, I don't know. I, I'm not one of these people. I get up and I write every morning from nine to 10 AM. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm in the process of writing a book right now. And this, and I'm supposed to be writing every day. <laughs> this is not happening. <laughs> I'm like, mm. y'all might as well just put this out next year. Cause this ain't happening. But um, <laughs> so I, I do better when stuff happens, I'll, I'll make a note. And then, but I, I think I'm still like in high school, I'd never studied until there was the night before the test. I had to have some sort of a little bit of, you know, pressure on me. So, but I, I tried, I try to, with my brain, stay open to things that are happening. Now, yep. clearly last year was a not an anomaly of, of life and observations. And so, and y'all, y'all saw my first set <laughs> since COVID the other night. And, <laughs> you know, a lot of it was about what we've been doing from this, from this very room. So if right. you had, if you hadn't have said that this is my first set in a year, I don't think I or any one of us oh. or any one of the audience that the bar brewery would have known any better. <laughs> uh, it was, it was actually very good. And I thought the, the material about this past year was quite smart. Oh, well, thank you. So, I mean, <laughs> it, it was smart because that was, that's all I got. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, I should, I should have so much more. And, but I, you know, there was something about, I think any create, creator, any creative person, whether you're writing for comedy, whether you're writing seriously, whether you're doing artwork, what, whatever, your brain has to be in the right m- mindset to be open for the creative process to start. And last year was just so weird. Yeah. And, and I literally, I, I had four kids in my house all summer and then some of them went away and some of them didn't. And, you know, I, I don't, if, if, if kids are around, I, I generally, they end up being my priority. And yeah, well, they want to eat. So darn them. <laughs> so unfortunate. Yeah. Uh, did you start? So your, your, your podcast, the, mm-hmm. the purple bike podcast. I got that right. Yes. Um, you started that here during the pandemic. Um, yeah, that was a pure pandemic project. <laughs> just just out of boredom or? <laughs> well, you know, I it's interesting because uh, Jim Collinson and I had talked years ago about, we well, should do a podcast. Blah, blah, blah. And so we started that one. Um, Lawn and April. Disorder, was Lawn it? Lawn and Disorder. Yeah, we started yeah. that one in April that year. I think because we were both sort of, maybe like everybody, panicked of, oh, what, what do we do? How do we stay relevant? You know? So, um, (laughs) but I ended up taking, um, it was a workshop an Akimbo workshop. If you're familiar with the Akimbo courses, Seth Mm -hmm. Godin's, um, I took that over the summer and it was, it was basically soup to nuts, you know, how to do your own technology, how to do your own editing, how to do everything in terms of creating a podcast. And I didn't really want to create a comedy podcast. I wanted to create something different that was yeah. still sort of me, but didn't necessarily have to be coming on and being funny. And cause 
I don't do that very well. Like if you meet me in real life, man, I am not. It is, they're like, people will say, you do what? Like, <laughs> so the purple bike came about, I actually got through the, I think the course was like most of the summer and into September. And I had some ideas about different podcasts and I was halfway through that before I came up with a purple bike, which is basically it's nostalgia. It's talking yeah. about what we did growing up. It's talking about, right. you know, all the, all the things in the seventies and eighties. And, um, the good, th- the best thing I did with it was say, okay, it's only going to be from 1975 to 2015. <laughs> yeah. Like I started so you know, out, going, you know, when it's going to end. I know yeah. when it's, I only have eight episodes left right now. And, yeah. oh, okay. you know, but it's open-ended in terms of a name and in terms of the branding so that if I want to keep doing it, I can, um, I I'm trying to, I think the next phase will be probably creating some live videos in terms of the same, same subject matter, yeah. but uh, you know, I'm, I'm a plate spinner. I've always got. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, I, I really am in, enjoying the podcast. I, I, I really am into like the, the mid nineties ones oh, because I, yeah. I was telling Nick, I was like, I don't, I don't know if I did anything in my life other than watching television and movies in those times. <laughs> like every single thing you, every single thing that came up, like what from the, the four weddings and a funeral friends and ER. And I was like, Oh yeah. And then two, and then two seconds later, Oh yeah. And then, oh yeah, I remember that. Oh yeah, I remember that. It's just like constantly doing that all the time. Like all these things I remember. Like it's just, it's just amazing. Well, and that that's been totally the joy of creating it. Quite honestly, because you know I have to, so I have to go back and and look on, you know, pop culture history, or I, I go back to look at you know what were the top movies, what were the highest grossing movies, what were the top songs, and then I go on there. And then I'm like, and I do the exact same thing you're talking about when I'm writing the episode. I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot that movie. Oh yeah, I forgot that movie. And then if you go on some of the the movie, and clearly my 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 time changed a little bit. Like at some point, I dropped off watching television as much, uh-huh. and I, it really coincides to when the kids, whatever the kids' ages were. And then movies. Right now, movies have continually to be like a little more influencing in terms of my time and w- what I was watching. Um, but it, I do the exact same thing when I'm writing the episode for whatever year it is. I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot that one. I forgot that one. <laughs> and I get so excited. And like, I wish that I had a staff of editors and, you know, <laughs> we were, just, we were wondering like, <sighs> how does she come up? How does she remember all these things? <laughs> oh, it's nuts. Now, I, I, but I would love to be able to include more clips and more stuff, you know, stuff, but when, when you, y'all know this when you're editing it yourself after a while you're like yeah oh, um, good enough that's ship it. How, how do you get away with um with playing clips um of different things isn't oh, it the, is there, the is four weddings in a funeral clip like i was oh i was like oh my god how much is this she gonna play yeah i remember i remember every <laughs> scene i remember every look that people were making during that scene <laughs> the whole movie. well i i operate under the fair use doctrine that i okay. am you know, I am narrating what is happening around the history of whatever the thing is. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, I was having that conversation with actually a friend of mine this morning who's a producer out in Austin. And he has a new podcast coming up. He's got like a, a podcast where he's interviewing all the cast members of Seinfeld. Oh, wow. I'm like, I'm like, you might have that problem. I don't think my purple <laughs> bike yeah. is going to have a problem where important people are going to listen to it and go aha we want uh-huh. money from you so, <laughs> wait a minute <laughs> here's your five dollars <laughs> yeah but but if if anyone asked and i will continue this I, I i do feel like legally it falls under the fair use doctrine now when it when i upload to youtube mm-hmm. um i can't monetize anything not, not that i'm monetizing anything on youtube anyway so uh-huh. um but i can't monetize because it get the the audio clips of the songs always get flagged so, right. I think we went through the same. Anyway, yeah. We probably didn't do as much research as you did since you're an actual lawyer. But we, <laughs> yeah. we have we have clips of comedian punchlines in, in, in our podcast also. And I was worried about what can you legally play without someone saying, hey, you can't do that. Right. And it's all about like, you know, having some sort of altering it somehow or giving commentary on it or 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 at the very least. Uh, giving credit to the people who actually, yeah, yeah. you know, actually are the clips. So, yeah. yeah. It, 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 it truly, there, there's such a gray area of argument about it. I mean, the fair use doctrine, I think has four steps that you go through 
Um, and I went through them very systematically before I started using clips on my, on my podcast. And, and I also figure if I'm talking about it in terms of the history, I, you know, yeah, and, and it. the same thing with yours, it depends on the context of how, how it's being done mm-hmm. and h- how many bazillions of dollars you're making off of somebody. <laughs> we're only making Zero. millions right now. So <laughs> we're, we're safe for a little while. <laughs> we're all safe. It's going to yeah. be okay. We're not playing the Beatles or Michael Jackson. Uh, you're so gonna, we're we're going to be fine. <laughs> we can't even say the Beatles or Michael Jackson on our podcast, Nick. Come on. I know that got beeped out. <laughs> But we're having fun, aren't we? Yes. All that matters. Yeah. Oh. So, Karen, we, we told you about a, a segment we do on the podcast called Curse the Darkness. Uh, and so we'd like you to give us something that you'd want to complain about, that, uh, <laughs> that you don't plan in, on lighting a candle instead of cursing <laughs> that darkness. So, <laughs> so do you have anything in mind? I love this topic. Such an uplifting topic. <laughs> we end every interview with an uplifting complaint from our from our interviewees. It, it usually like turns to, out funny. So, you know. If you want to. We like to play funeral music while we're doing this segment. Um, okay. So, I, I, here, here, thanks for the heads up because I had to think about it for a minute. So, okay. I have to complain about, and I think maybe I'm one of the few people that can complain about this, about the current karen movement Uh oh and um there's nothing i can do about it there's zero i can do about it and i'm just letting it happen all around me and you know i've had so many people say you should embrace it you need to have a podcast about it you know and 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 i'm like you know what no it sucks i don't want (laughs) to embrace this i don't want to embrace this because if i if i have a podcast about it that i'm you know complaining about it that makes it more. It's, I sound like those people. So oh, I see. So it's not like they want you to embrace it by going out to and breaking up some barbecues, right? No, it's it's ridiculous. <laughs> now I I did a few videos. I did the Karen Hotline videos. I think I did four of those. And uh-huh. again, I was tr- I was trying. I was trying my best to embrace <laughs> this thing and make it funny. And at the same time, it's so exhausting. It's it's yeah. and I know yeah. it will go away. It everything goes away. Some there will be something new that comes up, but it's just right. But there's nothing I can do about it. So I sort of have to compartmentalize my little brain and not even mm-hmm. try not to even think about it. But it's 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 exhausting, and there's nothing I can do about it. So I could I could sit That's around good. and wring my hands and complain, yeah. <laughs> or I could just do a podcast about 1983 and go back there in time and there you go. Not worry about it. Just, so. just write it out, and eventually we'll start complaining <laughs> about Susan's. Exactly. Yeah. Like, you're being the clear. Somebody think, else will come on. I think on. it is going away because my 13-year-old daughter doesn't say it anymore. So. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's, that's <laughs> leading edge. That is cutting edge right there. 14 <laughs> is the cut, most cutting edge, but she's yeah. right there. <laughs> she's getting close. Also, yeah. <laughs> well, Karen Morgan, thank you very much for joining us. This, is, this yeah. has been fantastic. Uh, really appreciate you coming on to our little teeny tiny podcasts uh <laughs> we're all teeny tiny podcasters yeah <laughs> and helping us not get sued copyright infringement <laughs> just, so, just so you know that no legal no legal advice was given out on this podcast yes yeah whatsoever <laughs> whatsoever. <laughs> whatsoever we are not uh, you know clients of karen morgan and <laughs> no well thank you guys for having me on and, and thanks for all of you that y'all do for main comedy. I mean, live main comedy is a special thing and what y'all have created and what y'all continue to do with your shows is just a, an added bonus to what's happening in main comedy. So thank y'all. And thank you. Thank oh. y'all for having me on. Absolutely. Oh, very kind of you. Thank you. Thank you. Karen Morgan, everyone. Yay. Yay. <laughs> Insert oh. fanfare here. Outgoing music. Yay. <laughs> Outgoing copyrighted music. Yay. <laughs> thanks for listening everyone that was karen morgan maine's funniest mom really we're happy to have her uh join us on the podcast very happy to have her on the podcast Uh, it was neat to talk to her um she's somebody that uh has been integral in the main comedy scene for the last uh, several years so yep happy to have her transplanted here from georgia uh, she's been fantastic on in this comedy scene, and it's great to to have her. Absolutely, yep. Thanks again to everyone who listened. Tell your friends and follow Comedy Think Tanked wherever you can. 
Be sure to give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Find us on Instagram at Comedy Think Tanked, Twitter at Comedy Tanked, and our website, ComedyThinkTanked.com. Email us, if you would please, at ComedyThinkTanked at gmail.com. Have a nice day, everyone. Music was written and produced by a minor, Ralph Bergfeld. No comedians were hurt in the production of this podcast. All audio snippets of actual funny punchlines were not written or performed by any of us or our subsidiaries. Rather, they are express written bits of professionals we admire. Let the civil actions be filed. Any opinion heard, actual or implied, is that of the comedy think tank producers and their guests. Any slight, insult, affront, slur, disparaging remark, snub, rebuff, rejection, or spurning, no matter how derogatory, pejorative, or abusive you may feel it is, was not intended, but for comedic, entertaining purposes only. Thanks for listening. When you think of... (laughs) When you think of love, does your heart beat? No? Uh, I do. You you sing very well. I enjoy listening to you sing. Thanks. I actually... (laughs) Fuck, he's choking. <laughs> ah.